Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word, the Desert Spring United Methodist Church podcast. Uh, We are located in Las Vegas, Nevada, if you're listening from someplace else. And however, today we have our guest from California. So I'm excited to introduce, this is not a first time podcast guest, but uh, it's going to be great to circle back with uh, her and to hear uh, where her story has gone since we last checked in. So my name is Julie Hart. I am the Director of Connectional Ministries here at the church. And I have a, a good friend and a sister in Christ and a partnership, uh, ministry partnership that we've had for many, many years, Tracy Brown. Uh, many of you will know her as the Director of Potosi Pines Camp, our local camp here about 40 minutes from the church um but i'm gonna let her introduce herself and tell us all her new title hi everybody thanks for having me julie um my name is tracy brown um i was the director at potosi until about october last year uh, about mid-october i am now in oak glen california uh, and i am the executive director at pilgrim pines camp Um, which is a UCC camp, so it's a a little bit different for me, Um, but um, it's been great. Um, I officially took over in that role um, in January, um, and we are starting from scratch. It's a whole new ballgame. The camp had been managed by a management company, um, and then as of January 1st, um, we are now managed by a board of directors, um, and with me in charge. So as scary as that is, um, we're making it happen. So there's a lot to be done. Um, I still have a lot to learn, um, but I'm excited for the new challenge. Um, although I miss my biggest family deeply, um, but it was time um, for something new. And um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last few months. And actually our uh, camp retreat was your last uh official act uh, at Potosi Pines Camp so so even though I'm still a little bit bitter about you moving on no I'm really not Tracy was able to move closer to family and so that's that's really awesome however her family still comes to camp here at Potosi Pines and we're just at winter camp and her niece was a counselor and one of her best friends was the music person and her uh three littles uh came and so uh yeah they'll get them (laughs) <laughs> no, I was glad that they could come and, and be a part of winter camp there and um, that they feel comfortable going there. And uh, we didn't have anything for that age group here at my camp. So I said, please go and have a great time. And I think they did. So um, thank you for welcoming them back and making them always be a part of the family there. Yeah. And 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 we'll get to it in a little bit talking about how we're going to be coming and visiting your camp. So I'm excited about that. But even though your story apparently began before I became to know you, I'd like to start uh, this by sharing your story, uh, how it started here at Potosi Pines and coming to Las Vegas. Um, I was serving as the director of children and youth ministries um, for the Ukaipa United Methodist Church, which ironically is right down the hill from me now. Um, Again, so I'm back in my old stomping grounds. Um, And through that, I was also the director of our district camping program. Back then, CalPAC camping 
um, program was done by districts. Each district had their own program um, and would put together their own um, offerings for the kids in that district. So I was in charge of our district's camp program, um, but it was strictly program at that point I was doing. Um, and we would go to the, the different Methodist camps and we would basically rent the facility um, and put on our own programs there. But the camp staff, the management and all that was handled by, by other folks. Um, but through that, I, I um, realized that I was really interested in a full-time career in the camping ministry. So I started looking around for opportunities um, and it happened to be at that time, they were looking for a new director at Potosi. Um, Phyllis had just moved on from there. Um, so I was uh, very honored to follow in her footsteps. Uh, so I applied for the job, got the job. Um, I think um, a big part of it was um, my program experience, you know, brought that to the table. Um, and so I came to be the director at Potosi and that was 2009, I believe, um, the summer of and uh, was the director there for about uh, 13 plus years, I think it was. Oh. Um, so yeah, and some big shoes to fill, you know, follow, following Phyllis, um, although Phyllis was super gracious to me throughout those years. Um, she stayed in communication even when she was uh, back east in Alabama, Alabama, is that right? Yeah, Alabama. Alabama. Um, yeah, and she left me um, some beautiful letters. She didn't know me at the time, but left me some beautiful letters about what it meant to be the director there and all the blessings that that entailed. Um, and then, of course, when she moved back here, she became involved again and was very gracious about, you know, not wanting to overstep, but I was happy to have her come and help. And um, what a blessing that was to have her continue to be a part of the ministry there. And I know she still is and was up there this weekend for winter camp. So Potosi yeah. is very blessed to have uh, such a deep history and legacy of folks who love it and um, who are willing to come back year after year and volunteer. And um, I know that will continue beyond both Phyllis and I. Tell me a little bit about those letters. Do you still, first of all, do you still have those? Tracy's not a saver. So if she says yes. I did save them. I left them actually for the new director that has come in after me. So, um, no, it was very, it, they were very sweet. Um, I, I can't tell you exactly what all they said, but just, you know, Phyllis, she's so thoughtful and, and um, very stuff just speaks to her very deeply. And um, she just wrote about what the, the opportunities and what the challenges were of being director um, and how much it meant to her and hoped that I would feel the same and, you know, all those kinds of things. So um, it was really comforting to to have that support from far away, even though I didn't know her at the time. Um, and, and just to have that encouragement. That's, that's so Phyllis. That's so Phyllis. Yes. Yeah. I love that you shared that and you know that she continued and still continues to pray for, for the camp there. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when, when Tracy came along, I, I was at a point in my life, I've been a part of Potosi for 26 or 27 years now. And um, I came out of retirement for just a season when, when, when you came here, I, <laughs> I, was, I was the girl that would come up and do parties or notarize paperwork at the time. And so I remember saying, okay, we'll, we'll uh, co-dean a camp together. Uh, I'll do one camp. Um, 
and uh, we also were part of a program, C4C, Counselors for Christ, and so we got to know each other through that. It's a grant that had been written by someone that had moved on, Maggie Freeze, but before she moved away from Las Vegas, she uh, wrote this grant, and um, the, the purpose of the grant actually was a leadership program, but it was to bring kids in foster care into leadership. Um, and so that was the, the goal that started. And so we got to kind of get that off the ground. It sort of morphed. It was a one-year grant, if you remember, and it's basically like, well, we can just buy pizza ourselves. But um, it was a great concept that continued on. Uh, so can you share a little bit about that C4C and um, what that has meant to you? Uh, yeah. That was, you know, God has a way of bringing surprise blessings into your life that you you didn't even really anticipate. Um, even before I had been hired for the job, but I hadn't yet started, there was a couple months between when I was finishing up my old job and then moving out there. Um, and I got a call at one point before I was even in Vegas. Um, and I can't remember if it was from Maggie. It must have been. Probably. Um, and telling me about this grant and this will be in place when you get here and you're going to need to start this program and it was all very vague there was not a lot of specifics about what had to be or didn't have to be and you know of course I knew nothing I'd barely even just seen the camp um, hadn't met anybody at this point and I was like I, I don't even know what to do with this so um, but we started I mean I, I started July 1 and so of course summer camp was in full swing um, but as soon as summer camp was over, it was time to start figuring out what we're going to do with this grant and what the specifics were. Um, and thankfully, Julie came along and was on board to help. Um, so right from the get-go, Julie and I were partnered up um, in this adventure, and we had grand plans. Um, we quickly realized that we made a great team. Our strengths complement each other very well, um, and it, it it just clicked, even though the program didn't really work the way we intended it um, from the beginning in, in terms of uh, getting foster kids into leadership. It's just a hard population to work with because they're very transient. They have difficult schedules. Um, they don't always have reliable adults to get them to meetings. Um, so that part didn't really work, but we saw the potential for building leadership um, in, in all kids, foster and otherwise. Um, and so it grew, um, the, the C4C Counselors for Christ program grew out of that grant. Um, I always joke that I regret letting the kids name the program because nobody <laughs> knows what C4C means, but um, we, we stuck with it. Um, but yeah, that was a, a really um, meaningful program. I think we did a lot of good through that. Um, there's many youth that came through. Um, some went on to be counselors. Most of them went on to be counselors at, at Potosi, not all. Um, and our goal was was certainly to develop counselors for camp, but also just to develop leadership skills um, for camp and beyond. Um, and um, I think we did a, a pretty good job of that. It definitely um, strengthened the program at camp. Those teens who participated came to summer camp leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, the training that they got was just really helped them to be prepared. Um, la um, this past summer, we actually did, uh, we had the C4C kids, well, it wasn't just the C4C kids, but we had some of the C4C kids actually plan and lead a camp for our younger elementary kids. Um, 
they were, quote, the deans. They set the schedule. They did some training. They planned the lessons. They, you know, I mean, pretty much all. We, Of course, we had adults there supporting them along the way, too. But um, it was really interesting to see. It, it wasn't perfect. Uh, <laughs> we certainly had some challenges along the way. But it was a great learning experience. Um, and something that I think was really valuable, for not only for the kids, but for us as the adults that were helpful or helping there, too. Um, yeah. So yeah, C4C was definitely um, something I, I'm still very proud of, that program that, that Julie and I put together. Um, we had additional help from lots of other people along the way too. Um, but um, I think it's something that made a real difference in that in that time. Yeah. And and I don't I don't we I guess we'd have to try to think back of it to come up with a complete list of how many kids have gone through that program, but many of them young adults now. Um, you know, one of them, the really our first foster child that we got involved, Dami, who, um, you know, is now a mama and, you know, went through that. Uh, Dior was one of their, our very first, and now she's the assistant director there at Potosi Finds Camp. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I cherish a lot. And, uh, for me, you know, you said that the leadership, I think, you know, we, we spent most of our careers working with younger people. And so I think it's it's something that uh, matters to us is 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 bringing up the leaders of the future because they are the future of the church. So it's it's a true privilege to be a part of that. Well, and for me, it stems out of my own experience as a camper. Um, I participated in Methodist summer camps as a kid, um, and I was always um, a very reserved, kind of shy, um, you know, kid, but. But at camp, I found my voice um, and it, it was valued and it was listened to. Um, and from there, I wanted to be a camp counselor. Um, my birthday is in the summer. And so I had just turned 16 like days um, and I, you know, wanted to be on staff. Um, and, you know, I got thrown into the deep end. It was one of those years when I was a CIT that they didn't have enough staff and I ended up running a small group by myself and I was panicked um, and it was hard, but it, it really forced me to step out of my little comfort zone um, and and stretch as a leader. Um, so it's, it's definitely camp where I found my leadership skills, um, where I learned to trust my own voice um, and, you know, found a passion. Um, I, and even back then, I never imagined it as a career. I'm not even sure I knew that that was an option, mm -hmm. um, but um, I knew it was something I loved and I cared very deeply about. And and I could see even as a, a, a kid that this place made a difference, mm -hmm. um, not just for me, but for 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 all the, the kids that came. Um, so as I moved into a career in camping, I knew that I really wanted to focus on building leaders. Um, and C4C was a great uh, place for that to happen uh, and, and a very intentional place for that to happen. Um, it wasn't just that those kids would come to be the babysitters, they came to be leaders um, and they did, they did a lot of the heavy lifting. I mean, they would lead campfires, they would teach Bible studies, they would plan worship services. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's those kinds of experiences where, you know, I always tell them, tell the kids, you, you you don't learn anything as well as you do when you have to teach it. Yep. When you're the one who's got to be up there teaching it, you, you have to know what you're talking about. So 
they, you know, they had to plan and they had to prepare. Um, we weren't always successful and, and uh, you know, sometimes we're better than others, but it was a chance and a safe place for them to try out their leadership skills um, and, you know, have a receptive audience. The campers just worship those teen leaders. You know, they're they're so cool and they're so um, they're just great role models for the kids to look up to. And um, and it it continues to build the next generation of leadership because they see these kids that they look up to doing it. And, oh, I want my turn to do that. And yeah. and we saw that as the program went on, we saw kids like, well, when is it my turn? You know, how old do I have to be? Do we, oh, next year I get to be. And you know, I mean, it became a thing that they really looked forward to when it was their turn to um, be a part of the C4C program. So yeah, it was great. It was a great opportunity. Um, you know, it, it bonded me with a best friend and Julie and um, right about the time that all of it kicked up, we both were going through thyroid issues at the same time, coincidentally. And so uh, that was great because she went through it before me. So I got to learn from all the things that she had to go through. So yeah, it was a really meaningful time um, for me and for, I like to thank many kids who went through the program too. For sure. And I think a lot of those kids, young adults now still come back to camp and they still serve at camp. So uh, I think that's, you know, to, again, what a privilege to be able to be a part of that and, um, and, and their faith. Tracy's always, uh, one great thing about, and you taught the, the youth as leaders to do this and the campers you know, you're going to get your Bible out at camp. You're going to, you're, you're going to actually open the book and you're going to look inside and, and, um, and read it. And, you, you know, you always made sure that that was happening. And I think that that made a lot of the kids more comfortable, um, just, you know, holding a Bible and using a Bible. So I think that's, yeah, it always floors me at church. We give the kids Bibles, you know, whatever the tradition is, but we never really think about teaching them to use it. Yeah. Um, and so that was another thing I wanted to be really intentional about. Um, you know, you say, look up Matthew, whatever, you know, but you got to teach them how to do it um, because it's intimidating if if you don't know. And so, yeah, that was always one of my big things. And I always tried to talk about what's the difference between the Old and the New Testament. Every lesson I would always, you know, um, to the point where they'd tease me about it. But that's OK, too. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, we're going to be a church camp. Let's be a church camp. So, yeah. So uh, with uh, so many years in camp ministries, what are some moments that, that stand out for you where you're like, wow, like this is, this is God at work here times when you, it just was very evident that. Camp is about creating those moments. So it's at every camp, you'd find many of those moments. Um, It's it's a, it's an opportunity to just hear God um, and to be in a place where you can step out of your everyday life and 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 be focused on that. That first summer, I was a new CIT. Um, I was 16. I didn't know anyone really on staff, um, and I was a little overwhelmed. Um, like I said, I I ended up having a small group by myself, um, and I had a young man in my group. His name was Billy. And, you know, there's always a Billy in the group. He was the one that, you know, couldn't sit still, didn't want to listen, struggled to focus. You know, you know that kid. Um, And I I struggled with Billy. And the the theme that year, I I can still remember, was the network of Jesus's followers. 
And we were talking about the different people that, that Jesus influenced in his ministry. Um, and it was a big concept for elementary camp, I thought. Um, and so, you know, I, I did my best as far as I could with the curriculum and those kids. And I remember one night late in the week, um, we were having cornbread for dinner. And Billy was sitting next to me at the dinner table. Um, and he had sliced his cornbread open and he took the little jar of honey and he dotted each corner of the cornbread and he connected them. And he said, hey, look, it's a network. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? So he did hear something I had to say. And, you know, even at 16, I remember that feeling of like, oh, I taught this kid something. Yeah. Um, and that was like really meaningful, really impactful for me. Um, and it affected the rest of my life. Um, I don't know if he got the actual concept of the network of Jesus's followers, but he learned what a network was. Um, and it was just that moment of, oh, this is what I want to keep doing. Um, it was definitely a, a a meaningful moment for me that, you know, I'll, I don't want to do the math on how many years later it's been, but yeah. I haven't been 16 in a while. So it's been a long time. Um, that still sticks with me. Um, and that's what I hoped, you know, to give to the, the kids that come and, and are get to be leaders um, at my camps and, and hope they have those kinds of moments. You don't get them every camp, but, you know, hopefully there's at least one light bulb moment where a kid's like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always joke that it's not a joke even. And we always say that if a kid learns nothing else at camp, you know, every year we plan these themes and we do these creative things and we try, but if they learn nothing else, I want them to know that God loves them. You know, I mean, that's just the bottom line um, at, for everything we do. And hopefully we're imparting that to the kids as, as we lead and plan camps. Yeah. You, you've planted a lot of seeds throughout the years and you, you get to water them and watch some of them grow and some of them, you don't know where, where it goes. We were talking the other day about singing, um, Oh, crisscross applesauce. Can't sing, can't sing that song without remembering Tanner, the camper from oh, yeah. go that, you know, so you have these moments, these kids pop back into your minds and you think, you know, Oh, I wonder what's here, what happened with that child. But you think, well, you know, they, they came to camp and they knew that they were loved, um, and, you know, so we, those are, that's a gift. Well, and I've been doing this long enough now that I've even had, um, there was one camper several years ago at Potosi and um, I ended up having to call her mom. There was an issue, nothing dramatic, but there was an issue. She needed something from home. Um, and the mom said, I don't think you remember me. She said, but my name is so-and-so. Um, I went to camp at Wrightwood and you were my counselor. Now she went to my California camp and now her daughter was at Potosi and she remembered me fondly and said, you know, how much that she enjoyed camp and what it meant to her and how thrilled she was to know that her daughter was going to get to go. And so, you know, it's stuff like that, that um, keeps you going. Um, and like you said, you don't get to see all of the seeds blossom, but once in a while you get to see one or two um, and you know, you're making a difference. So it's, it's good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a we have a friend, Nurse Mel, who's been doing she's she's a retired nurse, but keeps certified just to be the camp nurse. And uh, her grandchild came to camp this just this last week for winter camp and and was telling uh, mom that, you know, 
couldn't wait to go to camp because that's where they can uh, just be themselves and have a good time. So it's like, that's, that, that's hopefully that, that that's what camp is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you boil it down to its essence, that's the important part. Um, the silly songs, the games, the what, you know, but it is, it's a safe place where kids and adults can come and, and be themselves. And I'm blessed that I get to do it for a living. Yeah, for sure. So talk about the season of prayer, because this is a, a camp uh, tradition that I know you, that you've done for many years. Talk about a little bit about it. I mean, it's nothing revolutionary. It's just basically a popcorn prayer. Um, uh, there was a, a co-dean I worked with many years ago, um, and that was his phrase, the season of prayer. Um, and basically, it was just what we did at Campfire, where somebody would start the prayer, and then they we would just popcorn around. Um, but what I really came to learn um, from that was it provided an opportunity for kids to get to pray out loud. Um, we don't always provide those opportunities. Usually, when there's a prayer, a grown-up or a leader will um, will say the prayer. Um, but this opportunity at campfire would give kids a chance to pray out loud. And then there's something about it being at campfire when it's dark, um, nobody's looking at you, you're just in your seat, you're kind of anonymous. Um, and so we found that the kids were more willing to pray. Um, sometimes you can't get them to stop praying. Um, <laughs> we've had some of those, but you know, it's, it's just a real joy. And it's always, I always find it interesting because We'll do it at the beginning of the week and, and there'll be maybe one or two. Usually there's a return camper or an older camper that knows the drill and, and they'll jump in. But by Friday or Thursday night, um, they it goes on and on. I mean, we, we sometimes have to extend campfire because there's so many kids that want to pray. And, and you know, especially at elementary camp, they'll they'll pray the same thing and that they're always thanking God for these things and the things that have been important to them. And and it's okay. It's okay that it's repetitive um, and they're thanking God for the same things. And because it's just that moment for them to get to pray um, out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and I would venture to guess for some of them, it's probably a first, um, you know, chance to, not all of them, but uh, for some, it's probably a first time that they've prayed out loud, um, maybe even prayed at all. So yeah, that's been a, a neat tradition. I'm glad it's continued on. Um, you know, it's nothing, like I said, it's nothing I created, but um, we've it's a tool we've used for sure. It's something that you bring to all of your camps. Yeah. Another tradition that you bring to all of the camps is um, the song that we sing before teaching the lesson. And, and you and I take turns teaching lessons, uh, but talk about that. And was that something that you brought to Potosi that you had done before? Um, maybe more intentionally, I'm sure you all had sung Sanctuary before me. We sing Sanctuary. Um, but for me, it was it was the teacher in me that wanted a signal for like, okay, we're we're focused in now. Here comes lesson time, get ready. Um, so we would sing Sanctuary before um, a lesson time would happen. Um, and, you know, sometimes by the end of the summer, when you sung Sanctuary seven bazillion times, you're over it, but it does create a moment. Um, it helps the kids to know, oh, okay, you know, we might have been just singing Matilda the Gorilla and Silly, 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 
but now sanctuary, oh, change, change in, in focus, change in momentum. Let me get ready. Um, something interesting, something deep, something spiritual is about to happen. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I've heard both kids who love it and kids who hate it. Um, mostly kids love it. And they like the song, which helps most of the time. Um, but I think it's just a, a, that signal, that reminder that okay, now, now we're going to focus in on this. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's been useful. And so, yeah. And I, and I love it. It's Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary, you know, during holy tried and true. It helps you as you're getting ready to teach also like help, help me to help me to be that. Um, so, you know, as, as thinking about, um, just these three things, you know, that, that you talked about the, the, teaching them to use their Bibles and teaching them uh, this to be, to pray, to pray out loud, to just pray, uh, talk to God. And um, just that song. And just, you know, if that's all that they go away with, if they can be in a, in a moment and just sing that song or know that they can pray out loud or, you know, whatever scripture, whatever, you, you know, that, that there is like, if that's all they ever got from camp, um, that's, 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 that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, and it's a big responsibility, you know, that I take very seriously. Um, I also, in my years of doing camp, I worked for the YMCA camp. I worked for the Girl Scout camp, um, all good programs, but they miss the spiritual side. Um, and for me, that's the important part. That's where the heart is for me. Um, and so I want always want to be very intentional about that and not that the silly games and the costumes and the you know that's all a part of it too um but I always want to be intentional about the God part of it um so yeah I mean I hope I've done that it's it's certainly not me only it's definitely a team effort and I can't you know take all the credit for sure but um I hope I fostered that um, attitude and that um, presence uh, of a spiritual nature at camp um, at Potosi. Um, and hopefully I will at my new camp or I'm just getting started here, but um, there's, there's time yet. Um, so yeah, it's something I, um, I loved about my experience at camp and wanted to continue as a leader. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I want to talk about program goals. I know you'll be coming up with your new program goals at your new camp and got me to thinking like um, your, your piece of, of uh, piece of Tracy that's, that lives in the program goals at Potosi that now you've gone on, but we, we still have those goals and, and why they're important to you and, and which of those goals, you know, as you, as you're in a new place of building something new, you, you know, come with you that you hope come with you. Well, the program goals that we set up at POTUS, it was not just me. That was the leadership at the time. I don't even remember what year. It was early. It was in my maybe first, second year. Mm -hmm. um, it was the teacher in me. I mean, my education, I was going to school to be a teacher. Um, and, you know, you always got to have a goal. You got to start with the end in mind. Um, so what is it we want camp to be about? What are our goals for our campers when they come to camp? Um, and so we just hashed that out. And some of them were really basic. Um, you know, we want them to feel loved. We want them to feel safe. We want them to have fun. 
Um, and some of them were more ambitious. We want to help develop positive self-esteem. Uh, we wanna develop leadership skills. We wanna get kids out in nature. Um, and so, you know, we set up those goals. We set up measurable outcomes underneath them. Like every kid will, you know, participate in a worship service outside. Every kid will get a chance to try something new. Every kid will get the opportunity to pray out loud. Um, so, you know, we set up very basic measurable outcomes and it helps when we're planning, it helps us to see, you know, what do we need to focus on where, and then we would do an evaluation at the end of the week to try to see have we met those goals. And so then we take that data and we'd, we'd evaluate, well, we could do better on devotion time. We, you know, we need to focus in on that. And there was a couple of years where we really did focus in on, you know, what it meant to do a devotion, lead a devotion, plan a devotion, um, how you used a devotion. Um, and that, that got stronger. Um, and then, you know, as I was leaving, I didn't get to work on it. But one of the other things that I really wanted us to focus in on was the environmental piece. Um, you know, camp is an opportunity to be outside in nature just by its very nature because we are up there. But what more could we do um, to help bring that to life for kids? Um, so that was the next focus that we were going to work on and and try to help develop that a little bit more. Um, but it just gave us throughout the years a place to um, to think about our program and how we're doing it um, to be intentional. Um, some of it happens organically. I mean part of the self-esteem was, you know, kids could live in community together. And, um, and that, that just happens because you're put in a cabin and you're living together for the week. Um, but what more could we do if we were intentional about kids get to help make decisions in, in their cabin groups, um, kids get to help come up with the rules for the, you know, I mean, that just, that just took that, that next step further. Um, that, yeah, they're not just living in community, but they're getting to see how that community builds and works together um, and they get to be a part of it. Yeah, I love it. And I love that you, they were always in every training and every, every chance you got those showed up. And so that was, that was really good. Well, I mean, me, I could, to me, your camp, you know, so I could talk about camp forever because that's, um, that's a big part of what we've been able to do together. We both share that passion but I know there's more to you than camp. So, uh, you know, I, I, I often will tell the kids, I'm not a really passionate person. I'm a fairly even keel. I don't have a lot of high highs. I don't have a lot of low lows. I'm pretty much middle of the road. I don't get overly excited about much of anything with the exception of two things. I get very passionate about youth in camp, children and youth in camp. Um, and I get very passionate about the Angels baseball team. <laughs> so here you go. Those two things are how I'm sure I will be remembered. Um, I, you know, tend to be obsessive about Angels baseball. I always tell people I'm not a baseball fan. I'm an Angels baseball fan. I can't tell you much about other teams or stats or who won the World Series in, you know, 17, whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely an Angels baseball fan. Um, my family was from all my grown up years. Um, it, you know, it was just something that we enjoyed doing together. And I, some would say, have become obsessed. I, I will just go with passionate about it. Um, and, you know, baseball's about to start. So I'm excited. <laughs> 
I've got my tickets for opening day and for spring training. So there you go. <laughs> I tried to share that passion. I tried to play along, but I never did. I'm sorry. I was a slacker there, but. Well, one of the best parts about being back in California is there are more baseball people. There's not a lot of baseball people in Vegas. Uh, shout out to Bill uh, Kazimoff for talking baseball with me because he also is a fan. But um, yeah, I I sometimes got desperate for people to talk baseball with me. But and I appreciate your effort, Julie. But I tried. it was not your strong point. I'll talk. I'll talk camp all day, though. <laughs> yes. So so tell us about a difficult season or a difficult time or something that you overcame. Um, I think a big part of our faith is when is walking through those times. You know, again, like you say, you don't have a lot of high highs or low lows. You are you are the very even killed person. Um, but but you too have been through some 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 struggles and some hard times. Um, some of those early years um, at Potosi were difficult. Those that first year, especially, there was a lot of transition happening right about that time within our conference. Um, and so I was very much just sort of left on my own up there. Um, and um, it was hard at first um, trying to figure out my way. Um, I'd never been in that role before. I mean, I'd done program, but this was very different. There was a whole lot more to it. Um, so I do remember feeling, you know, discouraged and like, did I make a mistake? You know, anytime you go through a transition, there's always that uncertainty of like, is this really? Um, and I'm, I'm back in it a little bit here too, um, you know, my new role. Uh, it's a big job I've taken on, um, and I'm not sure I fully grasped um, the magnitude of it. Um, and maybe that's a good thing, because sometimes if God lets us see all the way behind the curtain, you might be too scared to do it. Um, so I don't know that I would categorize it as a dark time. That's probably more dramatic, but difficult, challenging for sure. Um, both those first years at, at Potosi and, and my first few months here, for sure. Um, there's been some wins along the way too, of course, but um, it's a it's a big um, task I've taken on here. And um, there are moments of like, what am I doing? Am I going to be able to make this work? Um, but, you know, faith is, like you said, faith is a part of that. And you have to trust that God puts us in the places where we need to be, um, that he walks with us. Um, and so I'm trying to rely on that um, and, and do the best I can. Yeah, for sure. You know, we also went through the pandemic together. Um, and I think, you know, it's if you're talking about difficult times out, you know, you, you've got to put that on, on the list. Um, and being in camping ministries, which is all about being outside. And, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how God got you through that and, and what that did for your faith? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a challenging time for everybody. I think that was part of what made it very unique. It was something we were all going through. Um, and we all went through it in different ways and we all had different challenges through it, but we were all facing it together. So that whole, you know, we're in this together um, met a phrase that went around so much, um, especially in the beginning. It was helpful because it was a good reminder that we are in this together. Um, it was really interesting to me how the camp community at large, um, the Methodist camping program all over the country really rallied together. I mean, immediately there were 
group meetings. Um, we all learned to use Zoom real quick. Um, and we started talking about, okay, once we realized we're not gonna be able to do this for like we're used to for a while, what can we do? Um, and the United Methodist Camp um, community put together a day camp website um, of activities of things to do, videos, games, songs from camps all over the country um, soon. I think we had that up in like May. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know, Julie, you were a part of helping with that too. That community just rallied and there were tech people that you know, knew how to build the structure from behind. There were program people that knew how to create the content. Um, it was really fascinating to look back on that now and see, you know, and there was this big like desire to want to help. And this is what we do. We, we know how to put on a program. We know how to teach kids. We know how to give them something to do. We can't do it in the traditional way we're used to. So let's figure out how we can do it. And we did. Um, I don't know how helpful it was because so many places were doing that same thing. You know, museums were putting out websites and there was there was so much. Um, but it came from a really good place of wanting to help, um, of wanting to be a part of the solution. Um, and so, you know, we really worked at that um, in those early days. Uh, we, we read stories on you know, we made videos of books, reading stories, we played games, we sang songs, we, we did a lot of things to, to create content for families and for kids. And so that was really, it gave us something positive to focus on too. Um, because there was a real fear too, that would this ministry survive? Um, and, and I think there were camps and, and programs that didn't. Uh, thankfully, ours was not one. Um, but there was a real fear of that. Um, um, and you know, we're still recovering from it. But um, and so then even beyond that, we got real creative um, with things we could do at home. Um, Julie got so creative with uh, the youth group stuff, and I followed along with a lot of that, um, uh, things we could do on Facebook and on Zoom and just ways that we could keep the kids engaged and connected. Um, and so we did that. We planned, you know, game nights on Zoom, and um, the, the Potosi volunteers are always amazing. And just stepped up. People did crafts. People taught painting nights. We had game nights. We did a game show. We, I mean, we just put together all kinds of fun things. Um, we did a devotional that Christmas. We did a Christmas devotional. All the volunteers wrote different devotionals. Uh, we did a back to school devotion. I mean, you know, it, it forced us to be creative in ways we hadn't been before. Um, I'm certainly not saying I'm glad for the pandemic, but we did learn from it. Um, and we got comfortable with Zoom and we learned that it works. It has limitations, of course, but it works. Um, and it is a way to keep folks connected from a distance. Um, so, you know, there were positives that came out of it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a challenging time, um, challenging time for everybody. It was scary. Um, you know, there's still that some of that and we're still recovering. You know, there's still groups that haven't come back. Um, and if they do, they're smaller, um, you know, and when your job is to put people together in community and then suddenly being in community is dangerous, mm -hmm. um, you have to find new ways of doing that. And then that first summer where we're trying to do camp with masks on and six feet apart and, <laughs> you know, yeah. holding your breath the whole week, worrying that somebody was going to get sick and, mm -hmm. You know, thank God we didn't. Um, we really were very lucky um, in that. And we tried, but you know, you know how those regulations are. You try, but 
you put kids in a room and they're going to touch, they're going to, their masks are going to fall under their nose and they're, you know, so we weren't perfect in it at all, but um, thankfully we, we got through it without too much um, scariness. Um, but we learned, you know, we, we, we can never do masks. We couldn't, there's no way there. Oh yeah, there is a way and you, you just make it happen. So um, it wasn't ideal, but um, we did it and it, it made a step up and, and find new leadership skills for sure. So yeah, it was a, definitely a challenge still is. Um, but there were blessings along the way too. Well, and you said, you talked about keeping people connected. That is your job. You, you, you bring community together, you hold community together. And, and I think that's a part of that's important part in our faith and all of our faith journeys is coming together as a community. And so however you can make that happen, um, that's an important part of, um, growing in our faith. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, and, you know, through COVID, we learned that we could stay in community and we could still grow in our faith in lots of different ways. Um, it wasn't ideal, but we made it work. Yeah. Well, and so now this takes me keeping of speaking of staying connected to this upcoming summer. So you've gone off, uh, in your, to your new camp and, and we're still here, but, we are still connected and actually our youth group will be coming to do their mission week uh, with you. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's, it's funny. It's three of my worlds colliding. It's yeah. my Potosi world. Cause a lot of those kids and leaders I know from, from Potosi and from camp um, it's my former Ukaipa United Methodist church um, is going to play a part in it as well. And my new camp, um, as well. So um, yeah, Julie reached out to me, um, said that that the youth group was in need of a, a place where they could do some mission work. And, and did I have any work that needed to be done? And Oh boy, do I. Um, we have a lot of projects that need, as, as camps always do. Um, but then I realized that the week they wanted to come, my camp was already booked and it was booked with a full house. Um, and so I didn't have a place for them to stay. And I was, oh, what am I going to do? And they really didn't have a lot of flexibility with the, um, the moving the dates um, and what could I do? And Julie had the brilliant idea. I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. She said, is there a, a Methodist church in town that we maybe could stay at? Well, of course there is. The church where I served is just down the road. Um, now that was, you know, many years ago where I served. But of course, as churches are wont to do, there are still folks there that um, I have connection with and I'm, I'm friends with. And I thought, of course, I can make that happen. And I know the church well enough. It's big enough. They have room. Um, they have plenty of space. So I reached out to my connections there and, hey, could this happen? And boy, she got right on it. And yeah, she loves the idea. Um, ran it through the powers that be at church and, and did all the necessary hoop jumping that had to happen. And um, so, yeah, the, the desert spring kids are going to come and they're going to actually sleep at the Methodist church down the road. Um, but then they're going to come up here to camp and uh, do a project. We're still working out the details of what the project will be. Um, I think what we're going to have them do is build a low ropes element. I don't know which one yet. Um, but my camp has a, both a low ropes and a high ropes course. Um, and we're going to add a new element to the low ropes and, and let uh, the Desert Spring youth help to build that. Um, 
I think, you know, it's important that those projects have a, an end result, a ta-da at the end yeah. um, that kids can feel proud of. Um, there's something about building <clears throat> with your own hands and, um, you know, taking these supplies and making them into something. Um, so that's our, our thinking right now. Um, I have a new facility manager here who just started with us, um, but he's on board. He's really excited about it. Um, so we're already doing some preliminary planning and we'll have all that pulled together um, by June when, when y'all come. Plus it'll be fun to see everybody again and um, get to share my new camp um, and, you know, continue that partnership in some way. Looking forward to that. Um, well, uh, you know, Tracy, it's a, it's a Desert Spring podcast, but Tracy will, even though you actually never really were a member here at Desert Spring, we all would be surprised to learn that. Um, but you, you've been a member of our community and you continue to be. And so uh, I just thank you for um, the work that you have done and for bringing me alongside the, the privilege. Uh, we've, I don't know how many camps we've done together, but it's, it's a lot. And, and to be able to um, do that work has, has been incredible and to do it together. We really are like the body of Christ lesson because we have very different gifts and abilities. Uh, so it, it was um, a true joy to be able to explore that and, and um, to be able to learn and grow. And uh, I, I'm grateful that you could come on the podcast and share your story because you are a huge part of my, my spiritual life and my story. And so um, thank you for, thank you for that. Um, well, I appreciate appreciate the opportunity. I'm always happy to talk about camp. Um, and, you know, talking with Julie is just like every day. So yeah, um, it's just, it's comfortable. Um, so I'm, I'm always happy to come and share. Um, and hopefully it's a little bit interesting for somebody else along the way. Um, but yeah, Desert Spring has been a huge part of uh, what we have done at Potosi and um, been a great partnership um, with that ministry. And I'm grateful to have been a part of that time. And I know that will continue even beyond me. Um, and hopefully it will deepen even more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, we're going to let you sign up, but first I'd like to offer up a prayer. Gracious, loving God. Uh, thank you for Tracy and for all of the, the great work that um, you have done through her and that you are continuing to do. We thank you for um, all the work and all the seeds that she has planted at Potosi Pines Camp and, and here at Desert Spring in the lives of so many. Um, we just ask that you bless the work that, that she's doing and we thank you for the opportunity that we will get to see that work and to be a part of that as well. Um, thank you for the ways that she has taught so many to pray um, and so many to rejoice and sing to you and, and to know that, that we are all loved. We thank you for that. Uh, bless all the work that she does in your name. Amen.